Welcome into the Vandy Sports Podcast on the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Billy Derrick, alongside Joey Dwyer here on a Tuesday morning of Thanksgiving week. Got a lot going on. We got basketball game late Thursday night against NC State in Vegas. Of course, it's tennis, Tennessee week. I'm getting some feedback there. I think I'm good now, Joey. You got me? Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I was getting some feedback there. Anyways. Basketball late Thursday night, football in Knoxville. Joey will be there, so we'll get uh, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on football, but a lot of basketball today, and we'll also get to some of the mailbag mailbag questions, and we'll get to some of the comments that uh, that pop up as well. But today's show is brought to you by the Wash House. They are the premier sponsor for basketball season. Are you dreading laundry day? Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? Well, let the laundry professionals, the Wash House, take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry and their professional attendance can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of, your time. Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry ready to be put away. Log on to washhouseclean.com or stop in today and get your time back. All right, Joey, let's start with basketball. Of course, we saw, we were there Friday night, the win over Central Arkansas. We of course, had the, uh, I don't know if you call it last-minute thoughts, rapid reaction mm-hmm. after that. Uh, let's start there, Joey. What's, in your mind, what's the mood around this program right now, and how how are they? I mean, what, what's the feeling right now heading into Vegas? Uh, it, a huge tournament, a bigger tournament than we thought it might be. Right before the season, we talked about it. Yeah, that's big. If you split it, you know, you'll, you'll be all right. But now I think, you know, you go 2-0, and oh, Joey. Not saying it's going to happen, but if that does happen, all of a sudden the tide has turned a little bit, and and that would be exactly what the doctor ordered for this team. Yeah, I think the mood's a little bit better internally than it is externally. I think externally, maybe even a bit internally, I don't know. It's tense, Billy. I mean, they're 3-1. and one. Certainly doesn't feel that way, and it hasn't looked that way. Obviously, they don't have three of their best players, including probably their best player. So you take everything with a grain of salt at this point, but – I think the fan base is really nervous about what is to come here. And I think they should be. Obviously, there's early season Ken Palm. You take that for what it's worth. But Billy, they dropped 60 spots. And you want to preface that with saying it's early and such. And who knows, maybe they can go, go up 40 if they beat NC State. But right now, the numbers are the numbers. And right now, the on-court product is the on-court product. They've probably played two good halves of basketball. Central Arkansas lost to SIUE last night. So that tells mm. you. Not a great team. Didn't have its best player. Vanderbilt only beat it by four. USC Upstate lost to South Carolina by 30. Presbyterian has a loss and was on an 18-game losing streak heading in. So you look at what they've done so far, and they haven't really blown you away. But I think the glimmer of hope is pretty obvious here that Vanderbilt hasn't had three of its best players. And I think you have to preface everything with that. Two wins with that with those best players, even without them, <laughs> would do wonders for this team. And it feels like that could maybe flip the narrative on its head and Vanderbilt's created that narrative for itself. It's not the stupid media making up the stupid narrative. Vanderbilt hasn't played well. It hasn't been pretty. And maybe it can be a little more pretty with those three guys on the floor right now, though, we have to go off of what we've seen on the floor and that hasn't been awesome, Billy. No, it hasn't. And, and Joey, I think, you know, the, the margin of victory still gets at me right now with, with, with this team. Like I, you know, it would have been one thing if if they were to after Presbyterian totally get back on track and uh, you know dominate USD Upstate win by twenty plus, right? Get get a good win over UNC Greensboro. The, the Greensboro game honestly doesn't 
<clears throat> I think the fact that they won is kind of a, I hate saying feather in their cap after the Arkansas law, but I mean, I, 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 the, the margin of victory to me over Greensboro doesn't matter really as much because that that's a good basketball team. Mm-hmm. They uh, covered, you know, and yeah, they, they, they covered. And, and so, you know, that doesn't worry me, but the central Arkansas, I just, for the life of me, Joey, don't know why this team can't put away an inferior opponent. Like I, and you've covered, you covered them last year. Of course, I've been in tune with this program specifically under Stackhouse. Now, I'm sure other programs have had this issue before as well. And I think around the country, Joey, this this is prevalent. And we saw Arkansas lose. You just talked about all those losses. I think Missouri lost to Jackson State, who was 0-5. And after the game, Dennis Gates, just an all-time quote, Jackson State's the best 0-5 team in the country right now. So there's, They're also there's, the only 0-5 team in the country at the moment. Yeah, there's the same sort of... Like the silliness we think is this program, <clears throat> I think the same silliness goes on at other programs as well, especially in a huge transfer portal age. These coaches, Joey, I just don't think are really having a ton of fun, um, you know, because they're. Ha- I mean, it's there's just so much going on every off season, and you got to figure out a way to to put a winning product on the floor. So I think Vanderbilt's dealing with a little bit of that. Um, but Central Arkansas, Joey, I still look back at that as a as a kind of a missed opportunity, right? A chance to maybe not move up necessarily in Kent Palm, but almost plateau a little, like stay where you are, not move back. Almost sixty spots, I think we saw since the you know since that that Presbyterian loss. So I, I that was an opportunity, Joey. So now heading into Vegas, those opportunities don't really present themselves. The, the opportunities are you, you've got chances to win and beat opponents that, quite frankly, are better than you. Right. NC State's a team that I think a win would do wonders for. Vanderbilt lost to them last year. And I want to, want to mention with Ken Palm, too, it's like the numbers are the numbers, Billy, and we have to go by the numbers. They also were hurt by the Kentucky game falling off the resume and games like that because Ken Palm factors in the final 10 of the last season. Right. They dropped towards the beginning of the year, but – that's not an excuse, Billy. They dropped 60 spots. So that's a that's something you look at, but also you say they haven't done enough. They haven't won. And I want to talk more about basketball and not as not only about numbers as well. I think mm-hmm. not having Lubin and Dort really hurts them as well, just because you talk about that put-away ability. I think to stop a four- or five-minute scoring drought like they've had at times this year, you need a guy that you're able to dunk it down to in the post, and he can go get you a bucket or – you want to have a guy on the perimeter like Tyron Lawrence you can have and he can go get you a bucket when nobody else can. And it feels like without those three guys, they're susceptible susceptible to those long scoring droughts. They have guys playing out of roles. Colin Smith comes to mind in particular there. I don't think Colin Smith has the off-the-dribble ability to be a number two option at this stage of his career. I think that's Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Bonyon. Colin Smith's going to have to have guys who create it for him. And he's played well, Billy. He's had two straight double doubles the first two of his career. Vanderbilt hasn't had a guy to do that in a few years, so feels like Colin Smith's taking a step forward. But he's playing out a role. Tasso's commentary is having to play a lot more minutes at the five than he would generally have to play. Same with Carter Lang. So there's guys playing out a role, and it feels like that's kind of why this thing isn't pretty. But also, Billy Stack said in the first game they had enough, and I think that's kind mm-hmm. of where I go back to. It's like you're an SEC school. You should be beating a team that came in on an 18-game losing streak. and That's going to hang over their head for a while, but 
you have a chance to forgive some evils when you play NC State, and then you either see BYU, which would be a quad one game, Arizona State, I think, would be a quad two or three. But I think that's a team that will get maybe not better throughout the year, but will look better on your resume as it goes. So going 2-0 and and winning a tournament in Vegas would forgive a lot of evils. It would completely flip this thing on its head, at least from an outside perspective. Yeah, I want to hop into the, the chat room here for a second, Joey. Brought to you by Sutherland and Belk, family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor Russell a call at 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. It's actually a good question here from uh, from Knox Tutal. Say all three are healthy. What would you think the conditioning would look like? Back-to-back games in Vegas seems like a tough ask for heavy minutes from Lawrence, uh, Lubin, and Dort. <laughs> That's a great question, and and I think Stack hit at that, Joey. I want to say it was the Central Arkansas presser talking about how much they would play. I think I I heard ten to twelve minutes uh, from or from Lee Luke from Lee Dort, right? So, and then I think that would probably probably be the same deal for for a guy like Dort as well. Again, uh, or for a guy like Lubin, but again, the only guy that he said would would legitimately play in Vegas was was Lee Dort. So all of a sudden it's kind of weird the timeline now. All of a sudden Lee Dort has kind of gotten back to to somewhat of playing shape. I don't know that that word shape is is big, right? I mean are these guys able to hop in? I think Tyron Lawrence should be fine. I I don't think we'll see I I would be surprised if we see Tyron Lawrence uh especially in that in that first game. I think we might see him in that second game uh, a little bit, but don't get your hopes up, guys. It, 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 on on Tyron Lawrence I, again. I don't. I don't. I think that game after Vegas, that game next game after Vegas, would be a better landing spot for Tyron. Uh, but for Dort and Lubin, I, I'm really intrigued, Joey, to see about their conditioning because they haven't. Now they've been practicing, so that you know we can't forget about that. Uh, but it's different than get you know throwing yourself in there in a game against a, a Power Five opponent, right? This isn't. I think it would be different if you're playing a. Um, you know, a team like a Central Arkansas or a, or a non-Power 5 team, but you're playing NC State and or BYU and Arizona State. So I'll be watching that, Joey. What, what? I mean, what do you think? You know anything there on the conditioning of what, what, what that might look like for those guys? I mean, Dort's been cleared for a while, so that's why I think Stack throughout 10 to 12 minutes because he has been cleared, and I think that they've really been working on that conditioning. Him playing is going to be huge against NC State in particular, against DJ Burns, a guy who's a unit, as mm-hmm. Zach would say. I don't think commentaries for Lang are properly equipped to guard a guy like that. So having Dort in that game and just being able to use some fouls and bang a little bit with DJ Burns I think will be valuable. If Lubin can play, again, I don't know the conditioning. I think he is probably a little bit easier to condition than Dort because I, I don't think he carries around as much weight. I think he's a little more, a little slimmer. But obviously for a big man, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. I'd expect maybe something out of him. He's had a little bit of contact, and that was before Friday. They they won't play until Thursday, so I'd expect maybe Lubin to go. That's not based on inside the space, somewhat Stack said. Lawrence is interesting. I'm not sure how much they're going to get from him. I do think it's easier for a guard to condition than a big because they're not banging as much, and obviously they're a little smaller, so... Guards, I think, can play a lot more. I, I would guess Lawrence wouldn't be on as much of a minutes restriction as the other two if he's able to play, even if he's not quite as healthy. But, man, Dilly, what a bolster that would be to have the three of them back in the lineup. I don't know if they're going to have Lawrence. I think there's a lot that can change between when we talk to Stack on Friday and Thursday, and we don't even know fully what has changed because, I mean, it's not like he has a 
not like he has a broken leg. He's got a sprain. Right. So things can change, and it feels like he's probably trending in the right direction. He's been on the floor a little bit before games. He's been on the floor in the practices, uh, just not going contact yet. So we'll see. I don't really know what to make of Tyron Lawrence right now. I would guess the other two would probably go, but that's not based on insight. That's just based on what Stack said. So, Billy, it'll be a huge boost if they can get them back, not only because of the production they can give, but just because of where other guys can slot into roles. And I think a lot of guys are playing out of role right now. So, we'll see. I think if they can go and win a couple games in Vegas, though, even without them, that would be a tremendous boost. And I also want to talk about Ezra Mignone. This is a huge opportunity for him as well. You saw him towards the end of the year kind of take a step forward, but uh, Feast Week kind of feels like a week where you can cement yourself to the country as one of the better players in your position. I think Ezra Mignone has a chance to show people that he's one of the better point guards in college basketball. On Thursday, why not Ezra Mignone going on the floor and doing what Braden Smith did yesterday and showing that he's one of the better point guards in college basketball? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Joey. And you're right about Feast Week. That's why they that's why they won a lot of these big games. People are sitting around at home, you know, eating a bunch of food, what you know, they want to want to see what's on TV, and all of a sudden they see a good good basketball game. And Vanderbilt can be a part of that, right? I I don't want to say they've performed poorly over the years in these tournaments. They haven't they haven't been great though. So I think they like you said, if they go into Vegas and and just look totally different than than what they have been, you know, I I feel like that's going to be hard to do, though, if, especially if Tyron Lawrence isn't on the floor, right? It's hard. For, I think it's going to be hard for this team. Okay, you've got Dort and Lubin in there, uh, but they're not probably a hundred percent yet. I mean, I, let's let's be honest; they probably wouldn't be a hundred percent. And if Tyron Lawrence isn't on the floor, how different could it look? And this NC State matchup, Joe, I think is interesting. I feel like NC State has played Vanderbilt every year uh, in basketball, especially. I know they did last year, last three or four years. I know they've played. Feel like DJ Burns is a guy that's been there forever, uh, down low. I think so far, averaging about fifteen points a game, shooting seventy-one percent from the field. And last year against Liam Robbins, he kind of had his way, and you know he was able to he was able to have a, a big day. So I look at that matchup and I go, okay, if Vanderbilt doesn't have Dort or Lubin, no chance. But if they've got, I think Stack knows that. Right? I think he knows. Okay, we. We get Dort in there to kind of you know, you know, plug plug a hole over over there every now and then. Because Joey, if if you if you if you have Carter laying on him, that's not. I mean that that's not ideal. And uh, but if you do have, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Tasso, he's so probably you, got sixty pounds on Tassos and probably thirty on Carter. Yeah. So I, I just I don't think that that would be the best matchup. But if Dort does play, I think Vanderbilt looks a lot better in that matchup. It is interesting, Joe. It's a late tip off nine o'clock central time. So it'll be after a lot of the football. Um, what do you look at in this matchup? Because for me, it's all about DJ Burns. If Vanderbilt can, can limit him somewhat, they've got a shot, but if he just goes off like he did last year, it's, it's hard to envision a win for Vanderbilt. But like we said, Joey, golden opportunity. If Vanderbilt can get a win here, all of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, th- th- this team can compete, right? They, I feel like they've played above their competition over the years uh, under under Jerry Stackhouse, or they played up to it, right? Maybe not above to get the win, but they've battled, um, and they've been in these games. So I I, I expect this to be a game, uh, but it's all about Mr. Burns because we saw what he did last year against uh, against Robbins. 
yeah, Robbins and Melora Brown really struggle with bigs like that. I'm interested to see what Vanderbilt does with potentially a new look in the front court with Dort and Lubin, who are maybe a little more physical but not as tall as the other two. Again, I go back to do they have those three guys? Because I think, like you said, even if they have those guys, I think it'll be a bit of a challenge to come out and look like you did in March. I think having the three guys just thrown in there may be a little bit difficult for them to navigate with guys having to go back to old roles. And Tyler Lawrence is going to take a lot of shots if he's in the game and he's going to demand the ball a lot. And it's a tough adjustment to make. So just seeing if Vanderbilt can do that, if it has the guys back in the lineup, and also seeing how it handles DJ Burns, like you said, I think their guards are pretty comparable to Vanderbilt's. Jaden Taylor's a good player from Butler, but I don't think he's an all-ACC player. Horn, I don't think, is a all-league player either in the ACC. So I don't think the guards are super uncomparable. Um, I think Vanderbilt with Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Mon-Young probably has a better backcourt than NC State. On the wing, probably pretty comparable. Down low is where Vanderbilt has to be able to make up some ground, though, and if they can have those two physical bigs kind of just throwing bodies at DJ Burns and rebounding and defending, you got a chance. But if DJ Burns can go for 20 and 13, Vanderbilt's going to have a really difficult time in this game. It's going to have a small margin for error. And DJ Burns is going to be what Vanderbilt has sorely lacked throughout its first four games, which is that low post presence who can stop runs, who you can rely on and who can get guys in foul trouble. So Vanderbilt's going to have to counteract that in some way. Maybe they go small with Hustle's commentaries at the five, but that hurts you on the other end. So, Billy, I think probably two of the three most important players in this game are Ben Allen, Lubin, and Lee Dort. Ezra Mignon is obviously really important. Maybe Tyron Lawrence comes back and is really impactful, but those are the guys I look at and say, if they're back, they got to be ready not only to go in and give them minutes, but to be physical. And what a first game for Ben Allen Lubin to be back against DJ Burns who he's played mm. before in the ACC, but that's not a kind welcome to Vanderbilt and to uh, no. playing in the SEC is going back to the ACC and playing against maybe the most physical big you'll see all season. Yeah, Joey, NC State's a good team. 53 in Ken Palm, and their last three games, they've won by fairly significant margins. They beat the Citadel first game of the season, uh, Quentin Malore brown Of course, that, I might go back and watch that Billy, matchup. Did you, see, did you see what the Citadel did like last night? What they did? QMB fouled the guy with like 0.5 seconds, and then they went down, and QMB got fouled, made the free throws, and then he blocked the pass in to win the game. You, I'll send you the <laughs> It's the craziest five tenths of a second I've ever seen in my life. There was like three lead changes. That's wild. QMB's done well uh, at, at at the Citadel, and mm-hmm. he's had some tough he's had some tough matchups uh, early on in the season. Uh, but yeah, they beat Citadel. They beat Abilene Christian by 20. And then they beat Charleston Southern um, by by thirty. It looks like so. Of course, not, Joey. That's the that's the difference for me. That like that's why they're fifty three in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. They have won by twenty plus in all three games. And mm-hmm. Vanderbilt has played similar opponents, maybe even easier opponents. Yeah. And and it just has not gotten it done. And, and so and this hurts you. Like this this matters. Look at Tennessee right now. I don't know. I, people don't want to hear about Tennessee, but they just. Last night they just beat a, a pretty good Syracuse team. They're playing Purdue tomorrow night or tonight actually in uh, in the Maui Invitational. Like Rick Barnes is treating this like it really matters because it does. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying Stackhouse. Like if you ask Stackhouse, you know this doesn't matter. You know if you asked me, said Stack, like does 
do you care about these these first you know three or four games? I'm sure he'd say yes. Like yes, we're not trying to go out there and lose, but perception can be reality sometimes. And I just don't I don't I don't think there's enough sense of urgency with the entire program. I I know Joey they got they got they got stung by injuries. I I know that the injury bug got them. Um, and and I I know I I I tweeted about. Tyron Lawrence potentially and, and his potential of playing uh, right against um, against Presbyterian, mm. but at the end of the day, I do think he was hurt. So I think right, I think we can slow the brakes a little bit there, but I still think just overall, Joey, you know, you got you have the guys you have, and and Stackhouse said that that you can win with those guys. So again, I just wanted to throw that out there. But NC State, they have dominated their first three opponents. They'll be ready to play their top top fifty team in Ken Palm, and uh, Joey, did they make the tournament last year? Uh, yes, I believe so. Turquoise okay, yeah, Smith is gone though, and that's a like NBA. Yeah, they ball. lost. Yeah, they lost to Creighton last year in the NCAA tournament. They they finished last season forty three in the net. So this is a good program. Um, like you said, Joey, they will play either BYU or Arizona State. Uh, two again, solid teams. I think BYU. Finished 84 in the net last year. Arizona State was was up there, the top 60 in the net. So uh, we'll, we'll get some some Ken Pomeroy research on those teams. But uh, Joey, any 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 last uh, comments here before we uh, we sort of move on to football? I do I know we do have some mailbag questions as well, uh, so we'll get to some of those. But um, any any parting thoughts on basketball? Yeah, it'll be a really interesting two days to see what Vanderbilt really has. If it has its three guys back, I think we've. I really want to evaluate this team without the preface of if it had Tyron Lawrence, if it had Ben Alouven, if it had Lee Dort. It's pretty difficult to figure out what exactly they have right now. Obviously, they haven't looked great. They've gone through scoring droughts. They're shooting at 40% from the field. And in the low 30s from three, the three isn't super concerning for me. But just seeing them struggle from the field is pretty concerning. And seeing the lack of physicality they have right now, Evan Taylor mentioned that, that's disappointing as well. But when you get those three guys back, maybe you have something. Maybe you can rotate bodies a little bit. I'll also be uh, interested to see how much depth they really have because I think there's a lot of guys playing out of role, playing out of position. And you look at a team like Purdue last night, Vanderbilt's not in that league right now. But you look at that and you say, man, they got nine guys and probably eight of them could start at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And you look at Vanderbilt's roster and you say, Ezra Mignon is a heck of a player in the SEC. Tyron Lawrence is a heck of a player. And then you look and say, well, this guy could start a few other places. I want to see how much depth they really have, Billy. Do they have eight guys? Do they have nine guys who are real kind of SEC fits and guys who can give them good minutes this year? It kind of feels like they do, but you haven't seen all those guys play up to their potential yet, like Paul Lewis, because Paul Lewis feels like he's forcing it a little bit without Tyron Lawrence in the lineup. It'd be interesting to see. Does Vanderbilt really have that depth that Jerry Stackhouse talked about all offseason? We'll see. You've seen flashes of it, but when those three guys got to come back, everybody's got to slide into a role, and we'll see how much depth they have. Like I said, if they hold up a trophy on Friday night, I don't think you can quantify how much momentum that gets them this early in the season. You got to do it, though, and Vanderbilt athletics feels like that recently. We talk about, well, if they can do this, then this will happen but they haven't really done any of that. So, Billy, I'm not a hater of this team. I don't think they're terrible. I think they've been hampered a lot by injuries, but 
what we've seen so far isn't good enough. And you look forward and you say, is it the same story again? We'll see. If it's not, it's a tremendous week for Vanderbilt, but it's hard to find optimism that it won't be, even though the guys are returning in all likelihood, a few of them at least. I don't think they get all three back necessarily, but if they do get all three back, that doesn't fix all your problems. You still got to go win basketball games. Vanderbilt and NC State, Thursday night, Joey, 9 o'clock tip-off. Uh, we got a question here from Knox Tutal, picks for the tournament. And uh, I'll, I'll start here, Joey. I'll go, I think Vanderbilt loses to NC State Thursday night, but I think they find a way, and it's weird because you don't know who they're playing yet, <laughs> but I think I think it's sort of a situation no matter what. I think they, and I think they'll be doing this a lot this season, Joey, just survive to sort of, keep moving and keep that glimmer of hope alive. I mean, they did that um, against the uh, the non-conference teams the last last week or so. So I think they find a way to beat either Arizona State or BYU. But I, I think they lose to, to NC State. That's a good team, right? I know they lost a little bit from last year's team. They're still, like I said, a top 50 Ken Palm team right now. And so it's, it's going to be tough. But I think you have another game, another kind of day to get Dort and Lubin kind of back in the fold. Maybe Lawrence comes back and plays for a little bit in that second game. And I think because they they got to get one of these, Joey, and I think they will. I think they'll get one of them. Maybe it's reversed, but that's those are my picks. I think Vanderbilt loses to NC State, but I think no matter who they play, uh, I think they win that second game. My gut tells me they get one. I'm not sure which one that'll be. I think there's a chance BYU is the best team in this tournament, which is crazy for me to say. I don't know if I fully believe that, but I think a lot of people do believe that. I don't know their roster well enough to really make a prediction. I don't think Arizona State is super good. I think NC State on paper is probably the best team in the tournament. But if Vanderbilt has all three guys, then I'm definitely not ruling out them having all three guys. I was just kind of talking over myself there. I don't really know what they're going to have. A lot changes right. Friday and Thursday. So I couldn't give you a full answer on what they're going to have. But also you look at NC State and they have the physical big – they have some older guards. They have three older guards, all three of them upperclassmen. Marcel's taking a leap as well. That's the guy I wanted to mention. I think they're going to be a middle of the pack ACC team. If Vanderbilt can beat that, uh, I think that's something that you look to, not to hang your hat on, but you say, well, maybe they got something. That second game, I think, would be a lot easier if it's Arizona State. I think it would be a lot more beneficial if it's BYU. It'll be interesting because I think Vanderbilt probably has better athletes than BYU has at this point. So I, I almost like that matchup better, even though Arizona State probably isn't as good of a team as BYU is. So I don't know which game they're going to get. I don't want to sound like an idiot saying they're going to lose to NC State and then they win by 20. But predictions get you in trouble, Billy, and I've learned that pretty quickly. So I don't make firm predictions. I kind of do coach speak predictions, but I guess they get one. There it is. Coach speak prediction from Joey. Uh, Damani says, Dort is the key. Need a lob threat for easy buckets during these scoring droughts and closing lineups. Totally agree. You get Dort back, and even if he's not 100%, Joey, that, that's a big deal um, because they just haven't. And, and credit to Carter Lang. I think Lang has done enough to sort of, you know, merit himself as playing maybe more down the, down the stretch of this season. He's not an offensive threat, of course, but I think defensively and rebounding, he's done well. Uh, he's he, As a freshman, he's he has looked ready to play and ready to compete out there. So, Lang has done what he can, but the bottom line is you got to get Dort back. And if you do have him in, in Vegas, it sounds like they'll they'll have him 
a little bit, maybe, I guess half the time, 10, 12 minutes or so, half probably his his normal minutes that you'd like him to be at. Um, but totally agree there, Joey. I mean, they, Vanderbilt doesn't have a lob threat right now, really, other than, yeah. I guess, you know, one of their slashers, Colin. But, I mean, they like they don't have a guy they can kind of lob it up to or a guy that can even, you know, put something back up. You know, get a like. I mean, I haven't seen a put back dunk really. Like, just grab a rebound and kind of, you know, uh, Robbins was able to do. I think a little bit, Dort, a little sparingly last year. But uh, Damani's right. Dort, Dort is the key. Yeah, I think Dort adds an element of physicality that they don't have really anywhere else. I think Lubin and Dort are both really important for them. Lubin's not quite as physical as Dort in my mind, but I think Lubin can also get on the perimeter and hedge off screens a little bit, which can be valuable. I don't think Arizona State or NC State's guards are world beaters that you have to hedge off of to kind of stop them from getting downhill. But also, I think it's really helpful if you have that dimension and you have two guys who can rebound because Dort's probably going to get in foul trouble against DJ Burns. So you'd like to have Lubin there to kind of counteract him. Lang, I think, can rebound a little bit with DJ Burns, but that's a whole new battle as opposed to what he's faced before. So we'll see. I also think there's value in if you don't have either of them, playing Comateros at the five and making DJ Burns go out and guard the perimeter and letting Comateros get those open looks. I'm interested to see if Stack tries to take advantage of that at times with Comateros at the five, give up a little bit defensively, but have a more free-flowing offense where Comateros can stand at the top of the key and Burns has to sit in the paint. Burns has to go out and guard him and you give Ezra Mugno a one-on-one with no shot blocker in the paint. Saturday, not Saturday, Thursday night, NC State and Vanderbilt. And whoever wins that will play the winner of Arizona State BYU. When would that next game be, Joey? I don't know, know what. what uh, should be Friday. Okay. okay, so should be Friday. Not sure what time yet. Depends on if they win or lose and, and if they're playing mm-hmm. the winner or the loser of that game. But we'll see. Uh, again, big week for Vanderbilt basketball. And, uh, you know, what, what, I think the big question right now, Joey, how many minutes do the, those three guys play all right how much does lee dort play how much does lubin play how much does lawrence play i think dort is a guy that we we know will play some uh, lubin i think we, we would we could both probably sit here and say you'll see lubin as well tyron lawrence i'm more up in the air on um which again it's not the end of the world it's it is a it's a big tournament for vanderbilt especially where this team is at right now you probably like to have tyron but again you have to have Tyron for SEC play, so mm-hmm. that's probably where they're at right now. They're you know they're not going to risk anything with him, uh, you know to to go to Vegas and 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 get a win because even if, Joey, if they go zero and two, it looks very very dark. Like the path is is hard to see, <laughs> but last year showed that they can get close. Now, I still think you need one. Uh, in Vegas, but we'll see Thursday night, Vanderbilt, NC state, nine o'clock central time on ESPN two. So uh, you'd be able to find that channel fairly easily instead of scouring ESPN plus uh, mm-hmm. for, for some of those Joe, let's move on to football. And before we do, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to one of our, our reads here, John Leffen and the major next and government contracts group. Uh, they are they're sponsoring our Vanderbilt, Tennessee. I guess you could call this a preview somewhat. Maynard Nexon advises government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171. And uh, Joey, I will have an interview. I think I'm going to try to get Adam Sparks on, so we'll have that posted probably later this week. A little preview for you of, of this matchup. The only thing I really wanted to get at here, Joey, 
is the quote on the quarterback situation um, <laughs> from Clark Lee. And it's just, it's, it's funny to, to read that. And you're like, of course, you know, <laughs> of, of, of course this, you know, this is a quote that was said. Um, mm -hmm. now it's, you know, and not being disrespectful at all. It's just kind of, it feels like it, it in, in a weird way, Joe, it feels like everything's kind of funny with this team right now. And, and if, Billy, how do you um, have a quarterback week ten or week twelve? Well, it's this is Vanderbilt football, Joey. <laughs> that that's why. But no, uh, Clark was asked about the quarterback situation last night on Commodore Hour. He said, "We feel like we have another opportunity to have the guys compete and see who best positions our team. We haven't been generating enough points." And I look at that, Joey, and I go, "Okay." Think back to the past several weeks. He has, like, when he was asked about it, he said, "Ken's our Ken's our guy. Ken's gonna Ken's gonna give it a go for us." Uh, all of a sudden, that tune has changed. And I know we had there was a there was an injury injury speculation about AJ Swan reaggravating that elbow. Uh, I think before the Ole Miss game, Ole Miss week. So who know who knows, Joey? But at the end of the day, I think this means you could see AJ Swan. Um, now I think at the end of the day, Ken Seals will play as well. Uh, I don't know that it does it matter. Probably not. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really think. I mean, if Swan's out there, you're more dangerous, but you're also dangerous in a bad way with with the interceptions, right? I mean, we we've seen that all year as well, Joey. That's kind of the that's the bottom line with Swan. Like, yes, you are a more dangerous offense, but the defense could also score a touchdown on you just like that after a pick six, right? I mean, I, he's had at least two pick sixes this year. Um, I think he's actually had three total. But nonetheless, Joey Vanderbilt heads into this matchup, uncertainty at quarterback. You know, who knows how many players already know they're probably transferring out. Uh, who knows how many of the coaches already know that that – that they're they're leaving, right? Or they're you know they've decided, or the staff has decided to make a move. So it's just a weird, weird situation. Mm -hmm. And again, Chris, Chris, as he goes back and listens to this, if he does, um, he's gonna he's he'll start laughing at this point and and basically tell us guys this this is Vanderbilt. This happened. This has happened uh, mm -hmm. several times late in seasons. Um, but Joey, Vandy and Tennessee, of course, historical matchup, but. Not sure how historical this uh, this meeting will be, especially with Clark Lee's quote about the uh, about the quarterback situation. When you have no or when you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, and that's about where I feel Vanderbilt's at. Billy, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I'd be on the point of having a prediction there. It's just whatever they want to throw out, they're going to throw out, and that's what they're going to do. Swan obviously gives them that element of higher variability which can be good and bad you probably want that more against Tennessee than other teams just because you probably have more ground to make up there than some other teams but I really just want to see them not completely limp to the finish and get ran off the field like they did against South Carolina I think that's not something you hang your hat on but it's something you say well at least it wasn't 40 right and that's about where we're at right now with Vanderbilt feels like they're trying harder not to get blown out than they're trying to win. And I guess this week could be a similar tune. Like you said, I think there's a lot of staff changes coming. I think there's a lot of guys that are going to go in the portal. There's already been a guy to go in the portal. So I don't know that Vanderbilt has 
a whole lot left in the tank. But if it does, man, Billy, that would be a tremendous boost as you head into the off season and some tremendous momentum. But going into Neyland, it's really hard for me to see a path to that. I think it's just kind of a formality that Vanderbilt has to finish this game. And you just wait for the fallout in the off season to see what happens. It's crazy to say that about a rivalry game against Tennessee, by the way. It is. It it kind of is where this team is at right now. I'll say this. Um, Tennessee is sort of, you know, reeling. Uh, now, we talk about Vanderbilt reeling. Obviously, they're reeling. But Tennessee, you know, they're coming back, coming off back-to-back tough losses. Uh, Clark Lee said, you know, that they'll still be ready to play. That doesn't matter, right? If anything, I think they'll, they'll want to take out a lot of their anger on Vanderbilt, and that's exactly what they did last year. I mean, Joey, think back to last year. Like, Vanderbilt went into that matchup. I think with some excitement and some hope, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that you, you got Tennessee coming into your house. This is the your in-state rival. You're coming off two SEC wins, and all of a sudden, just boom. Tennessee lowers lowers the boom on you and drops 56. And a lot of that hope and a lot of that excitement was gone. I mean, just like in a flash, mm-hmm. you know. And so now move on to this year. Is that is it this do we have the same story? Like, and I put that as the thumbnail, I think a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. Any pride left? Basically asked the question on the thumbnail. And Clark Lee has a situation here on his hands where he's gonna have to look at his staff and go, let's we gotta find 22 guys that we can take with us to Knoxville, because that's all you need for football, right? Obviously, they're gonna be taking more, but we need to find 22 guys. They're going to give us the best chance to go beat Tennessee, right? And whether, you know, if that, say, for example, that doesn't include good players like a like a Will Shepard or, um, you know, even some guys that, that, you know, fans might think, how could you not play this guy, right? Or how could you not even take this guy on the trip? Like, what happened? He, he's not, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't help you win, right? So... It's an interesting, not not even crossroads, Joe. I mean, we're so past that. And we were it's in just that kind of before. a. <laughs> that was you and we, Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to describe, like where this team is at right now. Um, but this is another opportunity, and I think if you're a, like being a human being and being a football player, you get one more chance. I mean, for these seniors, Joey, last chance you'll get to. Uh, you know, go out on a football field. I think about a guy like a Kane Patterson. Um, I know CJ Taylor will probably be back next year, but he tweeted out a video about some of his highlights against Tennessee last year. I think there's certain guys on this team that'll be excited and revved up to play because you are playing your in-state rival. But at the end of the day, will it be enough? Um, you know, Joe, I mean, we've seen that this team can be inspired and come out ready to play, but that doesn't mean it's enough. You know, so the biggest thing I look at in this game is effort, right? I'm, take the scoreboard away. Clark Lee said he was disgusted with the effort in the second half against South Carolina, as he should have been. Joey, th- th- this team should play with 100% effort 100% of the time against Tennessee. And if they lose 46-7, so be it. But at the end of the day, you know, you play 100% effort that entire game, you're not going to get blown out. I mean. You know, it's 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 natural. Like if Vanderbilt, if Vanderbilt made stupid mistakes that second half. I know a lot of people kind of stopped watching, but it was still wasn't it still thirteen nothing in the third quarter, Joey? 
think and so. South Carolina just broke it open. So effort, man, Joey, I, that's what I'm looking at, right? I'm not looking at cover, right? I'm not saying this team needs to cover. I'm just saying need to see some effort because you didn't see much effort in that fourth quarter against South Carolina. Yeah, Billy, probably the biggest thing I'm looking at is also that how inspired are they? Probably tells you the most about anything. You look at, does Corkley have this team ready to respond to what it did at the end of South Carolina, or does it do that again? Does it come out late and and come out flat? We'll see if they can come out and play inspired football, and even if they lose, I think that tells you something about Corkley. It also tells you a whole lot about where this thing is heading and what Corkley has if they come out and look like they don't want to be there. So effort's the biggest thing, I would say. It's really difficult to come into this game and look at X's and O's and how Vanderbilt can exploit this and that because it hasn't done that throughout most of the season. You have the receivers who are probably pretty comparable with Tennessee's, but the rest of this roster doesn't look where Tennessee's does. And you, you have to think Tennessee's going to come out ready to play. Can Vanderbilt come out ready to punch them in the face as well? We'll see. I think that tells you a lot about where this thing's heading long term, though. And maybe that's what I look for most. Obviously, you got to get up for Tennessee, though. If you can't get up for Tennessee, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, this is rivalry week for a reason. That's why it's the last week of the season. Your last chance to get up, and you know, whether you're two and nine or not, you know, whether you're fighting for a bowl game, whether you're nine and three, still matters, right? I mean, look at Alabama, Auburn. Auburn's gonna. <laughs> That's at Jordan Hare, right? Auburn, mm-hmm. what are they, Joey? Six and six and five, I think. So, yeah. Oh, there's, they're going to be ready to play. That's what rivalry week's about. Um, it's hard to see a path, though, uh, on, on Saturday for Vanderbilt. 2.30 kickoff, though, on the SEC Network. Uh, Derek Mason on the call on uh, on the SEC Network. I like uh, I like the tweet. I think that got some some reception, uh, your tweet there, Joey. And uh, But that'll, that'll be fun. I, I think it's... Obviously, Coach Mason gets it's a lot of slack, I think, for for how it ended at Vanderbilt. But I think, um, I think he's still respected widely uh, in, in the coaching realm, and even by by most Vanderbilt people. I think. I mean, he, you know, he was able to beat Tennessee three times, so it'll be interesting, kind of him providing his his uh, perspective on that matchup because he was able to beat Tennessee three times. So, uh, two thirty kick Vanderbilt Tennessee in Knoxville. Joey will be there. I'm sure Joey will have uh, five things to watch for. Uh, sometime this week and like I said we'll get kind of a mini preview pod out late in the later in this week with with Adam Sparks uh, from out in Knoxville so um, lighter coverage this week but we will have a ton of basketball coverage that they'll be playing late Thursday night Joey and I I'm sure we'll be uh we'll, we'll be tweeting it's nice it's late Joey I'm, gr- I'm glad you know get get the food out of your system and get the football out of your system and then and then relax and watch a little Vandy basketball but uh but no looking forward to it Joey Enjoy your Thanksgiving, my man. Looking forward to uh, to getting back at it next week. But everybody who who uh, who watch and listen, thanks. We're gonna try these live episodes uh, for the for the remainder of of you know of the episodes here. I think it's a it's a cool tool, especially uh, when we get into basketball season. I'm not saying we'll do post game reactions, but we'll do we'll do some some live stuff during the week and and you know preview some of the big basketball matchups in the SEC. So uh, we'll be doing a lot of cool stuff uh, with that. But uh, but Joey. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. You too. Looking forward to the next time we're on. All right. That's Joey Dwyer. I'm Billy Derrick. And I got a few parting messages here for you. Number one, give our podcast a review and a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed. If you're listening and haven't subscribed to VandySports.com yet, please do. It's $99 a year, 
and $9.99 a month helps us tremendously. Subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel. That is free. And finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, email Chris Lee at chrislee70 at gmail.com. Again, that's chrislee70 at gmail.com. Also, Anchor Impact. Of course, big partnership uh, with, with, uh, with us and Anchor Impact. Go visit their website uh, if you're interested in registering. That's anchorimpact.com slash register. And even if you just want to learn about them, anchorimpact.com slash register. For Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derrick. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your basketball Thursday night. Enjoy your football Saturday in Knoxville. Joey, safe travels, and uh, we will see you next week.